Welcome to The Word at Westminster, a podcast with talks, studies, interviews, sermons, and more from Westminster Church in Barrie, Canada. It's about learning and living God's Word. Hi, everyone. In this episode, I answer a question from the Q&A forum at Westminster Church in Barrie, Canada, the church I pastor. People are invited to submit questions ahead of time, and I do my best to provide an answer. This was originally recorded live after a service on October 15th, 2023. I have trouble understanding God's wrath. Sometimes it seems to flare up, but other times he is slow to anger. And this question was submitted by Kristen. So thanks, Kristen. Again, gave permission for her name to be shared, otherwise I would not do it. Helpful question. It goes to the character of God, and let me just say that this question comes up a lot uh, in various ways, and so I I appreciate this. And um, Just so people know, let me provide two examples of what I think you are saying about the character of God. So one of the classic examples, Psalm 103, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Contrast that with Nahum 1. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies. Sounds a bit different, right? So to get to the heart of this, we need to remember uh, who God is. So as we talked about a couple weeks ago, God is sovereign, Holy, wise, loving, good. Sovereign, holy, wise, loving, good. He is never not that. So we need to keep that in mind as we unpack this a little bit. And so the Bible states very clearly, who is God? Well, 1 John 4, 8, very famous. God is love. That is who God is. It never says that he is wrath. Uh, He exercises wrath. The closest thing we might come to saying he is something like that is maybe Hebrews 12, 29. For our God is a consuming fire. So statements like that make me think of his purifying fire or refining fire, maybe to do with punishment. Um, Christopher Morgan writes, the wrath of God is, quote, his personal, active, settled anger toward an opposition to sin. God's wrath is an extension of his holiness and justice, end quote. So from this, we learn that God is love, but his wrath is a function of that love. So think of it in terms of, of human relationships. If a, if a loving father punishes their child, if a loving father punishes their child, they're doing so because they love him or her, not because they don't. So discipline and some, sometimes punishment are an aspect of a parent's uh, love. Someone who knows a lot about this issue, um, there's a uh, theologian from uh, Croatia, Miroslav Volf, who says, God isn't wrathful in spite of being love. God is wrathful because he is love. And so the question said it's confusing when God's wrath seems to flare up. Now, I think that's an important detail because when God's wrath seems to flare up, it may seem to flare up to you or me, meaning that it may seem to us from our limited perspective as if there's no logical reason for his anger or wrath, but that doesn't mean there isn't one. Remember, God is consistent. God is always sovereign, holy, wise, loving, good. So whereas a human parent might lose their patience, might lose control, they might flare up, God never flares up. He doesn't lose his patience, okay? So he is always measured and he always acts in a controlled way that is proportionate to who he is. Now, I think part of the reason why we struggle with this as modern people is because we have radically underestimated how bad sin is and the sin problem in the world in our lives. 
Um, God exercises his sin, his wrath on sin and evil. Okay, so he's consistent. So if we read about God doing something that seems out of line with his with the character, the issue isn't with him. It's that we are somehow missing something. Or we are underestimating the gravity of sin or evil that is occurring. When we sin, we're not just breaking some arbitrary ethics or moral code. Sin is a personal offense to the living God. So all sin is primarily against God. And so that helps us remember the gravity uh, of, of transgressing him. So a few moments ago, I quoted Nahum 1. The Lord is jealous and avenging God. He is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies. But here's how it continues. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and the Lord will by no means clear the guilty. And so that's important because it captures something about God. Yes, he's gracious and merciful, but he is also just. If he is not just, if he does not exercise wrath or vengeance on times, it means that he's not just. So for years, um, this is something good, to, other, other thing to keep in mind, kind of context. For years, uh, recently deceased uh, author and pastor Tim Keller did a Q&A forum after his church in New York. Uh, he didn't even ask for the questions ahead of time. It was live, so he has more courage than I do. I'm like, I want to know what's going on. Going on. Anyway, he noticed something. He did this for years. People in North America, they like it when God is spoken of as loving and forgiving and merciful. Fair enough, those are good things. What do you notice, and this is downtown New York, so it's very diverse um, backgrounds, people immigrating from all over the world. Um, but people from other parts of the non-Western world, people who had often seen evil in totalitarian governments uh, and disorder in the streets, they think that justice and judgment is a very good thing. So God would not be just if he did not, at times, exercise sovereign wrath. And so in contrast, they were very suspicious of people in white Western, predominantly white Western, uh, small L liberal democracies who hold up forgiveness and the love of God and seem to avoid or discount his wrath or his judgment because they had been in parts of the world where that type of order would be incredible disorder. And so it's just good for us to remember that, you know, we all come from a kind of a cultural location and background, and uh, some people are uncomfortable with things, but we're looking at who has God revealed himself to be, what is his character uh, like. And so we always need to bring it back to that consistency of God. So uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I just want to uh, end with just uh, three little practical tips about this. Under the first is this, understanding the bigger picture helps us appreciate God's actions. Okay, so sometimes we come across a passage, read something about God's justice or wrath, and we don't understand it. So this is a place where a really good study Bible helps. Because we see a passage in isolation and we don't see some larger picture where a study Bible can really help us to see the larger picture of what is happening that will help us to see his wrath alongside his love and his justice. Oh, 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 oh my goodness, why was, so, why was God so harsh to, to, to these Canaanites? That doesn't seem very nice. Oh, study, oh, oh, oh wait a second. Um, looks like they've been sacrificing their children and virgins on the altar of their false gods for six centuries and they've been given time to repent and the time is done. So, you know, these can help us with a different perspective. Second, uh, God will take vengeance, not us. And I think that is very, very important, right? So we learn that we want to be godly, we want to be Christ-like, uh, but there are some attributes that we cannot mimic. We cannot mimic the sovereignty of God because we're frail and human. 
Um, we need to keep this in mind also when it comes to the wrath of God. In Romans 12, we read this about God. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Now here's a much neglected implication of that statement. Since vengeance is God's job, it is not my job. The fact that he will be the one to ultimately judge, which is good, because he is much more wise than we are, relieves me of the sense that I need to do it. And so one of the reasons we can be people who try to share and show the love of Christ and, and God's peace is because the vengeance belongs to God. The wrath belongs to him. He one day will exercise his judging authority, and it's not me. So it's not like anyone's going to get away with anything. Third, and this is just a word of good news for us, God's wrath is diverted from his people. God's wrath, which is just, is diverted from his people. So remember that quote from Nahum, the Lord is slow to anger, great in power, Lord will no, by no means clear the guilty. Well, none of us are innocent on our own. And God does clear us from the consequence of our sin and evil, but not because we are great, but because Jesus is great. And so he receives the wrath of God that is due to us onto himself, the wrath that you and I deserve, so that we might experience the fullness of his steadfast love, which does indeed endure forever. And it is captured, by the way, in the words of that well-known modern hymn, In Christ Alone. In Christ alone, who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe, the gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, till on the cross as Jesus died, what? The wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ, I live. Okay? In his book, Gentle and Lowly, Dane Ortland writes, the more robust one's felt understanding of the just wrath of Christ against all that is evil, both around us and within us, the more robust our felt understanding of his mercy. 